good morning, Hilton Head Island Community Church. And happy anniversary. I hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, my name's Todd. I'm the pastor. I'm so glad that you are here. And um, Cynthia mentioned it at the beginning of our service. But uh, not only is this our grand opening for this facility, and of course we've been in a few uh, for a few weeks here, but uh, we're celebrating five years today as a congregation. And uh, that's exciting. Low Country Community Church and Pastor Jeff and the elders there uh, five years ago. Actually, it was birthed about a year prior to that. And uh, they thought, man, uh, when they moved out to Bluffton, uh, we need to come back here to the island and have a presence here on the island. And so um, five years ago, uh, this weekend, we started. And you saw some old pictures there, um, some pictures where there was a lot less of me than there is now. And so uh, anyway, that was kind of fun for me to watch. But uh, that's, uh, that's not what uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, my takeaway is from that. Um, you, you saw all of our different facility, all the different places that we've met. Um, but the thing that strikes me, I don't know if you picked up on this, uh, about that video over these past five years, it is not our facilities, it's not where we were meeting, it's not um, you know, necessarily gathering together. What struck me as we kind of prepared these, that video for these last five years to kind of give us a piece and a, a taste of the last five years, what struck me was the fact that you all served in ministry over these last five years in an amazing way. And I want to say as your pastor, thank you for serving. You guys did an incredible job. You've done an incredible job. And it's your thousands of combined hours that's really given us the opportunity to kind of be uh, where we are today. Um, having a facility, having a building is a big part of a church's future. It's a big part of what we do. And I'll be talking about that as we kind of walk through today. But I want you to hear this. Our passion, our, our legacy our future is not tied to a building. It's tied to the availability of you, God's people, to serve the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you, as your pastor, I think y'all do that in an amazing way. And I'm proud to be your pastor. I'm excited when I see all of us together serving our community. And, and you know, the key to our church, the key to our future, the key to what we're doing by spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we'll talk about that more later, is the fact that you all are involved, that you're passionate about it, that you're all in in this ministry and this mission to serve our community. You are the ones who invite people here to hear the message of Jesus Christ. You are the ones that help feed those who are in need and help clothe those who are in need. And so our future really depends upon you. Now, having said that, uh, this is our official grand opening for this facility. And uh, I just want to welcome you today kind of officially. And I'm, I'm excited about this building. I'm excited about this facility. It's really more than just this building. It's, it's really a facility because um, we have three acres, a little over three acres, and two buildings, this one that we're sitting in today. And, and it really gives us a tremendous amount of space um, our lease purchase with Hargray includes the ability to use any parking space that we have uh, that is on this campus. Isn't that great? 
Uh, you don't have to, like, you know, park on 278 and walk here uh, to uh, find a parking space. We've nearly doubled our children's space, and, and so now we have, uh, rather than three confined rooms, we've got room over there in our island kids' space, four rooms and some room to, to grow. And as um, many of you know, uh, in our old facility, we had grown out of our worship space. We just literally had grown out of it. And, and the fact, you know, we couldn't get it to cool off in the summer was kind of part of it, too. I mean, we just couldn't get it to cool off, and God provided ample space here in this room. Our long-term goal is to purchase uh, these three acres when that lease comes to an end and these two buildings, the garage over there being the second building, and, and that'll be an option for us here in about five years or so. We've got plenty of storage space, plenty of, of space to expand, and one day uh, my vision is, is that we expand that way because you know where we're going to run out of room first is, is in our children's ministry and in our student ministry because that's growing like crazy. And in my opinion, I think that's where we need to grow, don't you? That's where we need to grow is in our children's space and in our student space. And speaking of students, on the other side of this wall is a warehouse that right now is filled with clothes for our clothing connection. But one day here, as the dust settles on this building, we're going to do a renovation over there and give them a good space. You think that's a good idea? Cody, you think that's a good idea? All right, okay. We'll be talking about that in the next uh, few weeks. Now, there was so much time and so much effort and so much energy that went into uh, preparing this uh, space uh, for today and preparing this space for our future and for uh, our worship services and for the opportunity to have it as kind of a, a care center and a launching pad for ministry. And, and uh, we might have some special guests in here today. I'm not 100% sure uh, if we do, but we invited all of our contractors today. And so uh, if you're one of our contractors, or I want you to catch, catch this, if you volunteered here in this building in any capacity, even if you're part of Hilton Head Island Community Church, if you're a contractor or if you're a volunteer, or if you're with the town of Hilton Head, we invited some of our town officials, um, I, I just want to ask you to stand. If you volunteered, even if you're a part, many of you volunteered, I know you did in this room. So some of you stand who are here, some of you are on that video, thank you very much. Stand up. I want all the volunteers to stand up. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and your effort and your energy. It took uh, a lot of people to get to this point and to be where we are today. But you know what I'm most excited about? I'm excited that we are turning the page on a new chapter at Hilton Head Island Community Church. No longer do I have to ask you to show up on a Saturday morning to tear down walls or to carry metal or steel or to grab your shop vac and come down and clean up dust. You see, we can now focus on our future. We can now focus on our community. Now that we've moved in, we can focus our attention on not where we're going to meet next Sunday morning, but who we're going to reach for the cause of Christ. And I want you to hear me as your pastor. That's our future. Our future is not being internally focused. It's being outwardly focused and being uh, passionate and ready to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. But before we do that, I want to pause and I'm going to ask you to join me in a word of prayer as we officially dedicate this building to God. Will you join me? Father God, I 
thank you for what you've done. God, I thank you that in December of 2010, you ordered our steps to the point that we heard about a new facility. And God, I thank you that during the next 18 months, you ordered our steps. Father, in May of last year, you allowed us to raise $110,000 as a down payment on this building with 150 or so people. And God, that's truly amazing. That's something that we have to give you the glory for because it could not have happened without your hand on us. And God, we're so thankful that over the course of these next, those, those past few months, God, these last 18 months as we prepared for this building, God, you made a way for the zoning to be all correct for this facility. And we give you the glory and the honor for that. And God, as we went about the renovations, God, you provided all the funds needed. God, at every turn, you made our path straight. And it hasn't been easy. There have been times it's been frustrating. But Father God, we are grateful that we stand here today ready to turn the page in a new chapter in the life of our church. And Father, I pray in the strong name of Jesus that you would protect this place from the enemy. Father God, I pray that you would protect our people from the evil one. God, I pray for many, many children who walk in island kids week in and week out in two services and who knows down the road maybe a third service at some point in time father god i pray for those children who walk in that place that they would come to know jesus christ as their personal savior and father i pray for the students who are going to walk into homes this fall into small groups, into life groups, God, into Bible studies, I pray that you would lead many of those students, if they don't know you as their Savior, that you would stir their hearts. God, raise up new and more leaders in our island kids and in our student ministry. And Father, I pray for those folks who walk in here. God, I pray that week in and week out, that you would show yourself faithful. And Father, that you would just be piercing the hearts of people who come into this room. Father, may this be a care station. May this be like a spiritual hospital for people whose lives are turned upside down. Father, I pray that you would help them through your power to have their lives turned right side up. And God, I pray for so many people in this community who don't know you. So many people in this community who don't have a church home. Father, I pray that you would do amazing things. Father God, not for our glory, but for your name and for your glory. Help us to be humble. Father God, help us as a church to be serious about the mission that you have called us to. And God, may we be on our knees, ever grateful for what you did for us on the cross. And God, today as we investigate your word, as we look into your word to find out what that mission is, God, I pray that you would just stir our hearts. Give us a passion for the lost. Give us a passion for those who are in darkness, who will not have a chance to have eternal life with you other than the fact that they accept you as their Savior. 
Help that to be our rally cry. Help us, Father, as we're going to study today, to shine like stars in a dark world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I don't know if you've ever been uh, on a plane or maybe out on a boat or out in the middle of nowhere in a field, in a wide open field at night. And if you've ever looked up into the sky and seen the stars. I I grew up in um, metropolitan Atlanta. So I would look up outside of my house into the night sky, into that kind of dark black of night, and I would see just hundreds and hundreds of stars. And then as I looked up, I realized they were moving really fast. And they were moving to the south end of Atlanta towards the busiest airport in the world. And I grew up in a place where we didn't see a lot of stars, to be honest with you. The ambient light of Atlanta and the haze that kind of was over Atlanta most of the time prevented that. Now, there were some nights that you could look up and you could see some stars and it was beautiful. But my grandparents had a a condo in the mountains of Tennessee. And I remember as a teenager driving up uh, uh, in my middle school years uh, with my family in the spring of one of those years. And we drove up to my grandparents' condo and uh, they they had that situated right on a golf course there up in the mountains of Tennessee. Kind of halfway between Knoxville and Nashville, out in the middle of nowhere. And, and one spring we arrived at their place and we unpacked real quick. And then uh, as it was becoming dark, we walked outside and we took a walk. And by the time we got back to the condo, things were pitch black. And we were out there on the golf course. The moon hadn't come up yet. And I looked up into the sky. And as I turned my head up, I saw this haze across the sky. And I thought, what is that? For the first time in my life, I actually saw the Milky Way. And I couldn't believe just the detail of not just the brightest stars up there in the sky, but some of those those really small, faint ones off in the distance. You could actually kind of make out the, the, the area around those stars. And I was just amazed to look up and be able to see those stars. And it was amazing in kind of an odd and peaceful way. They kind of lit up the dark of night. They kind of made bright what was complete darkness. They caused what could have been completely black to be lit up a bit. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 2. If you don't have your Bibles, it's okay. The verses will be up on the screens this morning so you can follow along. Paul is writing in this particular letter to the church, a group of Christians in the first century that were in a place called Philippi. And he writes a letter largely of encouragement and of challenge as opposed to rebuke like he did in some of the letters. And it's one of my favorite letters in in the New Testament. I want to take a look at just a few verses in chapter 2. We're going to be looking at 14 through 16, and we're going to be using the English Standard Version this morning. Here are Paul's words in Philippians 2, 14 through 16. He says this, Do all things without grumbling or questioning that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud, Paul says, that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Now, your, uh, your uh, translation of the Bible might say what my uh, one did growing up. And that is, as Paul says to them, you shine like stars in the universe. 
And I've always been drawn to that imagery. I've always loved the idea of the fact that we as Christ followers ought to shine like stars in the universe. But shining like stars in the universe isn't always easy, is it? Having the light of Christ or reflecting the light of Christ isn't always natural for those of us who are sinners, and we all are sinners. It's not easy to do what Paul's talking about. I want to read the message version to you, because it really makes a lot of sense here. The message is a paraphrase. It's not a literal translation. But let me read this. This is Philippians 2, 14 through 16 in the message. Do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night so I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. You'll be living proof that I didn't go to all this work for nothing. I, I like the message because I think it kind of pulls out the, the personality of Paul here. This is probably one of the places in all of the New Testament where he really gets personal. Basically what he says is he says, Christ follower, allow me to, to be proud of the work that I've toiled and labored so hard for. And he says that we can, if we do what he tells us to do, that we can shine like stars in the universe we turn a new page in the chapter of the life of this church today. No longer are we focused on building a physical building. No longer do we have to do all that. We turn our attention now to shining as lights in our world. We turn our attention to shining the bright light of Jesus Christ to our community and our region and our world. But how do we do that? How do we do that when we're so self-centered? How do we do that when sin is in the world, when there are so many temptations, so many things that pull us off message? I want to give you three things that I believe Paul kind of draws out in this passage. Three reasons or three things that happen when we shine like stars. You can take a look at your notes that you were handed this morning. We shine like stars, first of all, when we focus on what unites us, not what divides us. When we focus on what unites us, not what divides us divides us. Paul says this, don't grumble or complain. Now, if you have kids, you use those words daily, don't you? My eight-year-old, my five-year-old, almost every day, hey guys, don't complain. Don't whine. Don't fight with each other. We have a rule in our house. If someone comes and tattles, they both get in trouble. That's a great rule. Okay, that is like the best parenting. Somebody, it's one of my idea. Somebody else told me that. If they come and complain as long as nobody's bleeding or you know, there's a bone sticking out, like they, they both get in trouble if somebody comes and tattles on the other one. But Paul isn't concerned about etiquette here. He's not even concerned about who wins the argument. He's not like we are in our house concerned about peace in the house. You know what Paul's concerned about here? He's concerned about the message of Jesus Christ. He says to the church in Philippi, don't argue and don't complain publicly among yourselves because when you do, the message of Jesus Christ is tarnished. We've seen that over and over and over again in the church, haven't we? 
when there's arguments and complaints, the message of Jesus Christ is tarnished. You know, it's interesting. Paul would have been on Oprah Winfrey today, if he lived today, because he had, he had it figured out. He figured this fact out, and it's so simple, but it's such an in-depth truth. When we argue with each other, it's not attractive. When my kids argue with each other, and they're loud, and they complain, and they're whining, they lose their cuteness. They're cute until they start arguing. My wife and I, Cynthia, when we start arguing, well, first of all, she wins. <laughs> but, but when we start arguing, it's not pretty. It's not an attractive thing. But I want you to capture this. When the church, when the people who are called Christ followers argue and complain and whine and whinge, as they say in England. I love that word, whinging. I've talked about that before. When, when we do that as Christ followers, you know who it is who looks bad? It's not us. It's God. It's the message of Jesus Christ that is tarnished when we whine and when we complain. I'm not saying that we have to buy into every theological whim that comes our way. I'm not saying that we have to compromise on our values that are based on God's word. I'm not even saying that in private we uh, discuss things and we argue things. There's a place for that. But I'm saying publicly, we as a church have to be called to stand shoulder to shoulder, arm to arm, with no light between us on the fact that the gospel message of Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. We have to stand solidly joined together, church. That's what Paul's talking about when he says don't whine and don't complain. We have to be in agreement that this is our mission. It's the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus came back to earth after he had died, and he gave us that mission and I want you to hear it. It's from Matthew 28, 18 through 20. We call it the Great Commission now. Jesus came and he said to them, his followers, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, he says, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. There were two parts to that mission. There were two parts to that purpose that he gave to us who are called followers of Jesus Christ because it wasn't just for the first century followers. It's for us today. The first is that we go and we make disciples. That's evangelism. That's letting others know about the good news of Jesus Christ. And the second part of that is that we're making disciples and we're teaching, and that's discipleship. That's the two-pronged mission of the church. I've toyed over the last year with coming up with a mission statement for our church because we've never had that to rally around, and I've prayed long and hard, and that's it. It's simply to go and to tell, and it's simply to passionately share that message and to lead others to follow him. And so today, I guess I'm introducing this. This is our mission, to passionately share the message of Jesus Christ and to lead people to follow him. It's that simple. It is. That's our goal. That's our goal. To passionately share that message to the world. The world around us. The world beyond us. The world beyond our borders. 
and then to lead people to follow him. That's that discipleship part. That's where we help others grow in their faith walk and grow in their journey. Here over the next few weeks, so we're going to be launching life groups. And we're going to give all of you the opportunity to get involved in studying God's word together with other Christians. We're going to give you the opportunity to pray with other Christians, to do life together with other Christ followers. And so over the course of the next two or three weeks, you'll be hearing from Joe and Shirley Newton about how you can experience a life group. That's the discipleship part. That's the leading others to follow him. And I believe that simple statement represents what Christ asked us to do. So we shine like stars when we focus on what unites us and not what divides us. What unites us is that purpose. It's that message. It's that mission that we are all supposed to be on. But there's a second thing. Secondly, we shine like stars when our lives reflect the attitude and the lifestyle of Jesus Christ. I think the, the hardest part of this passage that I've chosen to, to teach on this morning is the uh, first part of verse 15. Paul says that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Okay, we kind of understand in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. <laughs> we don't have to go too far to look for that. But the hard part to understand here is how can we be innocent? How can we be blameless how can we be without blemish? Well, that doesn't happen apart from salvation. It's God who gives us the opportunity to be that. And we still will sin even after we've asked Jesus Christ to be our Savior. So what does it mean that we are to be blameless and innocent and without blemish? Paul's not talking about perfection here. He's talking about living a lifestyle that is God-honoring that is reflective of Jesus Christ. Each one of those stars that you look at when you look up into the sky at night, it's a reflection of something. And we are to be a reflection of Jesus Christ, not only in our message, that thing that unites us, but in the way that we live, in the way that we act, in the way that we operate. Paul, just a few verses before the passage we're looking at today in Philippians 2, 5 through 8, kind of gives us an idea of what we should do. He says this in verse 5, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God to be something that is grasped. He emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He, what? Humbled himself. By becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You see, the best way that we can reflect the light of Jesus Christ, the best way that we can mirror his lifestyle and the way that he lived and the way that he told us to live is by humbly serving each other and our world. It's by humbly serving each other and our world. I, I want you to hear this. Please hear this. I I've been your pastor for five years you all do this very well. You all humbly serve very well. Do we need more of you to humbly serve very well? Of course we do. You can ask Diane in Island Kids. You can ask Cody in Student Ministries. You can ask Cynthia on the worship team and the production team. We need more people to humbly serve our church and our community. But you all do this 
very well. I, I want you to hear from a couple people who really needed a connection at one point in their lives, and many of you accurately reflected the attitude and the lifestyle of Jesus, and you made an impact in these two lives. Hi, my name's Marie, and this is my son, Alex, and we'd like to tell you our story. In the fall of 2007, Alex and I first came to what was then known as Low Country Community Church, Hilton Head Island. Um, we were new to the area and uh, was going through a very difficult time. My 17-year marriage had come to an end. Um, rather quickly and I didn't know anybody down here and I was feeling really alone and confused and kind of floundering and a good friend of mine uh, named Royce Sylvan was uh, attending the church and started to talk to me about it and uh, very kindly invited myself and, and Alex to meet him uh, one morning. after uh, quite a bit of encouragement, we did agree. Uh, the thing that stands out in my mind a lot was Roy saying to me, it's a very special place, and I think you and Alex will really enjoy it. The feeling of family has always been very evident in this church, and for me, that was demonstrated in the fall of 2008. I had received a call from my mother that my father had passed away from a sudden massive heart attack. And I was unsure of what to do. Um, it was 16 months actually uh, after my husband had left. And so I had a lot of emotion and wasn't really sure where to go, who to turn to. and. I'm embarrassed to say for a while I actually stopped coming to church. I felt really angry and really confused. And fortunately, uh, the, the people of this church weren't going to let Alex and I go. And I was amazed at the emails and phone calls that I received from so many folks here, um, some of which I didn't even know all that well, but they still reached out and let us know that they were praying for us and if there was anything they needed, offered words of encouragement and it meant so very much to me um, and also to my son to know that we had people here that, that were praying for us and wishing us well and wanted to see us again. And it, it was at a time when I know I felt very, very alone and it meant a tremendous, tremendous amount. My first time serving at the church was over in Promised Land, which is now known as Island Kids. And my favorite experience there was getting to help Mr. Fred with a puppet show that he had planned. Uh, I got to work with Saul, Paul, and Buccaneer Bunny, and you know, it was, it was really fun and a good experience. I got in 
involved on the production team somewhere along the line. Um, listening to the messages every week, I began to learn the importance of serving and really wasn't sure what I wanted to do or where I best fit in. So I spoke with Cynthia and after a couple of discussions with her, she knew right where to put me. I think the, the thing that I like the most about it is knowing that I'm a part of providing an atmosphere here uh, for folks to feel comfortable to praise and worship and pray um, and just spend time with the Lord. My Probably my favorite time of year to serve is always Christmas Eve and it's really become a tradition for Alex and I at this point. It's been five years and we really look forward to it. It's a great time to get to see our church family and uh, experience the holidays with everybody. After a while uh, I became interested in what my mom was doing and so I would go in the back and I'd sit with her and watch her do production. Um, and you know, before I knew it, <laughs> I was uh, helping myself run the video screens. Our new facility is a place I've gotten to know really well. Around the time we were looking into moving here, I needed a Eagle Scout service project for Boy Scouts. I put together a group of scout volunteers and we began our construction. Um, we did some demo of an office building. We helped in uh, the new Island Kids area. We took down a big mezzanine and we had lots of cleanup. One of the biggest things that this church has taught me is to learn how to pray and to feel comfortable in having a relationship with the Lord. I learned, I've learned how to take, make sure to take time every day and spend time uh, just opening my heart to the Lord, um, for, to ask, not be afraid to ask, and uh, to learn how to wait and the importance of waiting, which I'm sure lots of people can relate to. I really look forward to the future of Hilton Head Island Community Church and all the great things that we're gonna be able to provide for every member of this community. Isn't that great? I wanna get, absolutely. Marie and Alex are here, and I just want to say thank you for sharing your story with us, guys. We're so appreciative of that. But you know, there was something that she said in the midst of that uh, 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 message. She said there were some people that wouldn't let her go. That's what it's all about. Jesus didn't let people go either. He was passionate about seeing people come into the kingdom. He was passionate about hel helping them turn their lives right side up. And some of you did that in the life of Marie and Alex. That's the kind of church I want to become. That's the kind of church I want us to become, a church that won't let people go. I bet if you thought very hard, you could think of someone in your life that's going through a very difficult time that you shouldn't let them go in terms of praying for them. I bet there's someone in your life that you could think of if you thought really hard that you shouldn't let them go in terms of 
continuing to invite them to church because sometimes that takes a long time, doesn't it? I bet there's someone that you could think of and maybe even more than someone that you shouldn't let go. But there's a third way that we can shine like stars as we wrap up this morning. We shine like stars when we passionately share the message of, of Jesus Christ to the world around us. Paul ends by saying, holding fast to the word of life. I want to catch that phrase, word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I didn't run in vain or labor in vain. There's that little phrase there, word of life, it literally means, if you do a study on that, it literally means the gospel, and that's a big word that we use uh, in the church community. All that means is good news. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. Hold tightly to the good news of Jesus Christ. It means to tell others about Jesus Christ. And we can do that with our words, but we can also do it with our lifestyle, can't we? It was St. Francis of Assisi who said, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Now we'll be talking in a few weeks about using words to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ, but we can do that through our lifestyle just as well. Jesus gave us this encouragement in Matthew 25, 35 through 40. He said this, For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or when did we see you naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you. And the king will answer, Jesus said, truly I say to you, as you did it to the one of the least of these brothers, you have done it unto me. When we serve our community with passion, we are expressing the good news of Jesus Christ. I've asked Carrie Beck to come on up here. Carrie is our director of our one community ministry, and that is our outreach community to our local community here on Hilton Head Island and in, in the Low Country. Now, Carrie, we have an opportunity to express the good news of Jesus Christ coming up here in a few weeks with Clothing Connection. Tell us a little bit about it. Hi, everyone. It's so good to see you here this morning. Um, we do. We have a great opportunity to meet one of our neighbor's basic needs, and that is to clothe them. On Saturday, October the 20th, from 8 a.m. to 12 noon, we're going to open our doors and uh, let anyone who needs um, a set of clothing to come in to come in here. So we're so excited about being able to have that opportunity. It's fantastic. Just what Jesus said, to clothe them. Now, how can they jump in and get involved? We would love volunteers to serve. Um, you can serve before the event by helping uh, to sort donations. You can even, even donate. We would love that. Um, we have, as you saw in the anniversary video, we have a huge need in this community for this, so donations are much appreciated. And also the day of the event, um, just to be a friendly, smiling face, welcoming these people into our, our church. And, and the Clothing Connection is kind of our fall anchor event to uh, show the love of Jesus to the world. But 
throughout the year, we're going to be serving in other areas. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. Um, as the verse pointed out, we also are charged with feeding our neighbors. And we also, uh, I believe, need to meet basic emotional needs, such as investing and encouraging. And so we're reaching out to some of the other organizations on the island to identify opportunities to do that. And we will be unrolling new programs uh, this fall and, and into uh, the, through the winter and into the spring. Okay, now you have a full-time job, Bobby has a full-time job, and you have Spencer, who's a full-time four-year-old, right? Okay, yes. got it. Okay, Very so with all that in mind, why do you think it's so important to spend your valuable time? She doesn't get paid, by the way, here. She spends her valuable time to serve as our, our one community director. Why is that so important to do it here at a church? Y'all, I cannot tell you how blessed I have been with this opportunity. And I see it as an essential part of our Christian walk mm. that we serve. Um, serving is absolutely something that we're going to be held accountable for. And um, I feel that, you know, it's very biblical principles. So um, we all have our, our spiritual gifts or calling towards certain ministries. And just to be able to, to participate, to, mm. to fill that is amazing. Absolutely. Amazing. And the results are eternal. They're not temporary. They're eternal results. They last beyond a lifetime. Carrie, thank you very much. Why don't you give Carrie back a round of applause this morning. We don't shine like stars when we get wrapped up in our church politics. We don't shine like stars when we argue over the color of the carpet or what the building should look like or what it should be. We shine like stars when we communicate passionately the message of Jesus Christ. In church, it's a new day. There's a new chapter in the life of this church. We're his hands, we're his feet, and we're going to go willingly and passionately out into the world because God was passionate about each one of us. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that's the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel that we've been talking about. You see, sin divided us and God. From the very beginning of time, all the way back in the Garden of Eden, there was a chasm between God. God is perfect, and we are not. We're far from it. And, and the Bible says that he can't even look upon our sin. But you know what? He willingly had a plan to redeem mankind to himself. And he did that by sending Jesus, his son, to die for our sins. And if you're here today and you've never made the decision to trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Here in a few minutes, I'm going to give you that opportunity. Will you pray with me? Father God, you've done so many amazing things. You're doing amazing things in our community. Our sister church out in Bluffton, who gave us our launch, you're doing incredible things at Low Country and many other churches here in our community. And Father God, we're just so thankful for your move. And I pray that a move of God, a move of you, Father, would continue on Hilton Head Island and in the low country. And Father, I pray that we as your followers, we as your church, take that mission very seriously. Help us to passionately communicate your message of hope to our world and help us to lead other people to follow you. God, I pray that you would just instill passion change our hearts where they're hard about that give us a new fresh wind 
of being passionate about people who are in darkness. And Father, I pray for those who are in here today, right now, who if they died today, they're not 100% sure that they would go to heaven. I pray right now in the strong name of Jesus that you would allow them to give their lives to you.